Hey there. Thanks for joining us at Risen King Church for our weekly podcast. We hope you experience God today. Make sure you visit us at risenking.life to take all your next steps and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Enjoy the message. It's been a great weekend as my husband and I uh, had opportunity to speak for the Abide Conference. And as we conclude this conference, he's actually in Queens running his first 5K. And uh, he's uh, raising money for a medical clinic down there. Um, and so he, I got to preach today instead of him. So, yes. so uh, that was the deal. But he's preaching for me in chapel tomorrow, so he still has to preach. <laughs> um, as we conclude this series, the topic I wanted to cover today has to do with abiding together. And as we abide together, that leads us to battle together. Okay, so as we abide together, it leads us to battle together. And I want to look at a story in Second Chronicles chapter 20. Um, I'm only going to be telling the story, so you can even jot that down and go back and read the story later and read it with your family. It's one of my favorites in Scripture. But a few, two summers ago, Ron and I had been traveling for a while, and so I hadn't been in the office, and two of the women that I work with, Heather and Siobhan, I called them up and said, hey, haven't seen you guys in a while. Let's meet at the office tomorrow and pray together. And they said, sure, that's, that sounds great. So we got together, and we were just kind of checking in and saying where we were and what the, the Lord had been doing in our lives and what we felt he had been saying to us. And it was interesting how each of us were in exactly the same place. We were discouraged, we were disappointed, things weren't turning out the way we'd hoped. It was, we were all in the exact same place. We thought, huh, that's, that's a little interesting slash weird that, that we're at this place. So let's go to the Lord and listen and see what he might have to say to us. So we just got quiet and we were silent for a while. And all of a sudden, I think it was Siobhan said, I'm just really sensing the Lord telling us to stand up. And immediately, all three of us just immediately stood to our feet. And she went on and she said, I feel like the Lord is saying, I know where you are. I have chosen you. I have handpicked you to be at this place, at this time, in this position And you don't have to be discouraged. You don't have to be afraid. I see you, and I know where you are. Well, that changed our perspective. See, it's one thing when you think you're alone, and you just think, okay, I'm just having a bad, you know, month or something, you know, not even a day. It's it's like it's, it's drawn out a while. But when your friends and colleagues are in the same place, that's usually an indication there's an attack of the enemy. And then when we waited for the Lord and he spoke to us and said, stood up, I've chosen you, picked you, hand placed you, this is where I want you to be, our perspective shifted. And we actually, we had been sitting kind of like in a triangle, and we stood and put our backs to each other so we were all we were facing outward. And each of us took a turn and began to declare before the Lord who he is, and who he just said we were, 
and what we felt that he had given us to do in this place at this time. And we declared that we would not shrink back. We would not give up. We would not quit. As a matter of fact, we would do everything God told us to do for as long as he told us to stand there. And we felt that despair and discouragement fall off us, and we felt faith stir again and well up within us. You see, that's what it means that when you abide together, you battle together, and you come back to the perspective of the Lord. Today, as we look at this passage in 2 Chronicles 20, that's what was happening to the people of Judah and their king, Jehoshaphat. And sometimes as the leader, when the enemy's coming against your whole team, you do feel a sense of responsibility and, oh God, you need to break through for us, whether in your family as parents or in your workplace or in your relationships even. And so it says in this passage, in ver- in, well, let me stick to my PowerPoint, Wanda. I, I get all excited here. How do we fight our battles? We just sang how we fight our battles. The first thing we need to do is to listen to the warning about the enemy. We need to listen about the warning about the enemy because sometimes the enemy comes in as if he is right there, but it's actually our fear talking. It's actually our anxiety talking. It's actually our self-doubt talking. It's actually intimidation talking, and, and we're actually battling ourselves. So we need to beware and listen to the warning of the enemy, but in this case, in this chapter, it was a warning. There were three countries that had come together to attack Judah. It says, a vast army is coming, and they are close. Verse 3 says, alarmed, King Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord. I love that. He was afraid. He's alarmed. He's surprised. He's taken off guard. You know, you are allowed to be where you are in the midst of your emotion, but he resolved to inquire of the Lord. Is that your first place you go to inquire of the Lord? to listen, to pay attention, to pray? Or do you panic? Do you overreact? Do you take out your fear on your spouse or on your children or on your best friend? See, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord. And so as they came to this place, he called a fast and proclaimed a fast for all of Judah. And the the text tells us that men and their wives and children and little ones stood before the Lord. No babysitting that day. The whole family is coming into the presence of the Lord. All of us are going to come and stand and fast and wait and pray. It's not always our first response because it feels vulnerable. 
it feels helpless. It almost feels irresponsible that when you say the enemy's approaching, we're going to do nothing. Oh, no, we're not doing nothing. We are waiting before our God to see what his strategy is in the midst of this, not our own. That's very, very important. And so Jehoshaphat calls them, says we're going to stand and we're going to wait before the Lord. And as they were there waiting, 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 waiting. See, I don't like to wait. I don't know about you, but I don't like to wait. I remember this one time, I was, I was, for my exercise, I was doing Billy Blank's Thai bow DVDs, and there was a place, and I felt like the Lord said, take your stance, and when you're doing Thai bow, the stance was this, and you know, and you're going to move, and you're going to do all this stuff with your arms and all this kind of stuff, and I felt like the Lord said, take your stance, so I took my stance, and he said, now drop your arms, and I dropped my arms, and he said, I am going to be the shield and the lifter of your head, and my glory will be your rear guard. I want you to remain silent. (sighs) Yes, he knew who he was talking to, and he would have to tell me to be quiet. And it was regarding a situation at work where... He wanted me to be silent going into certain meetings. And boy, I wanted to give my two cents worth. I wanted to tell them what I thought. Because they were taking everything I said and twisting it. So I wanted to set them straight myself. And the Lord said, no. Take your stance. Drop your hands. I'll be your shield. My glory will be your rear guard. You be silent. And it's amazing how when you are willing to wait and actually do what the Lord says, how he shows up. Because if you go into a meeting not planning to say anything, it's amazing how clearly you think. And at the end of those meetings, the person in charge of the group was so almost like, off because I wasn't speaking or interacting at all that every he every time he kept saying well Wanda you've been quiet throughout this meeting what do you think I'm thinking well I'm thinking the Lord told me not to talk so I'm not supposed to say anything so in my head I'm thinking Lord you told me to be silent do you want me to respond and he said just answer the question and so I answered the question and what came out of my mouth was the most clear, articulate response that refuted everything that had been said, but was very loving and kind. And I was sitting there going, wow, I couldn't have structured that if I'd spent hours doing it. And the Lord came in that moment as I listened, but as I waited to let him be God in the midst Folks, when he says, wait and pray, it's because he's up to something that only he can do it in the way in which he wants it to be done. And so as they were waiting there before the Lord, finally, 
it says in verse 12, Jehoshaphat is the one that began to pray. As the leader, he began to pray. He began to remind God that we will do whatever you say. We will stand in your presence. We will trust you. We will cry out to you in our distress, and we know that you will save us. You will hear us. And God, I need to remind you that the people attacking us are the ones that Joshua was told by you not to wipe out when we took the promised land. So God, these are the very ones you told us not to wipe out. So I'm sure you're going to like vindicate us now and take care of us. He says, for we have no power to face this vast army that's attacking us. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Whoa. What a place. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Have you ever been in that place? We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And waiting is not one of my fun things that I'd like to be doing right now. But as they waited before the Lord, the Lord showed up. You see, in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, it says... For my grace is sufficient for you, for my power shows up best in weak people. See, we don't like to feel weak, but that's where the power of God comes through. That's where the kingdom of God comes through in our weakness in such extraordinary ways. You see, God likes it when we're in that place, and oftentimes he allows us to stay in that place of weakness because then, and sometimes only then, is when we will look to him. And so we don't like it, but sometimes it's necessary in our lives. You see, Daniel before the lions, and David before Goliath, and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego before the fire, and Esther before King Xerxes. See, they didn't feel very strong either, and they didn't even know what was going to happen, but they kept their eyes on the Lord, and I'm sure in their heart they're saying, God, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you, and their God broke through for them. Friends, your God knows exactly where you are, and he will break through for you because that's who he is, and that's what he's like. He is a breakthrough kind of God. And so as they waited before the Lord and as they prayed, the Lord came through the prophet, and he said, I got a word for you. I got a word for you. But again, let me go back for a second for that waiting. That waiting is an active type of waiting. It's almost like a hunter in wait. I'm from Maine, and my dad and brothers used to hunt. They would hunt rifle, and they would also hunt bow hunting for deer. And there's something about that that they, they go, especially with their bow, and there's a certain distance you need to be from the animal. But you pull back your bow, and you're just waiting That animal has to come to the right distance, and then there's the right angle for your shot, and you're waiting, and you're waiting, and you're like, come on, baby, step into that place. (laughs) And then and only then do you let go to make the shot. But as a woman, I relate to this type of active waiting, a pregnant woman in labor. Trust me, folks, when as you go into labor, you're not sitting around twiddling your thumbs, blowing your, you know, bubbles with your, with your gum. You recognize, that, yes, it's exciting, the end is coming, but you don't know how long it's going to be that you're actually going to have to labor. 
You see, you reach a point actually in that of what's called transition. And in transition, you feel fear, you feel pain, and you feel uncertainty. Fear, because you're not sure if you can do it. Pain, the pain increased tremendously in transition. And then you're like, you know, is this good? Is this good? And actually they say, you know, doctors say that that's kind of where women try to get off the table and walk out. Girl, you ain't going nowhere. You're having this baby. You're having this baby soon, actually. But because of the fear and the pain and the uncertainty of it, again, you're trying to escape. You're trying to get out of it. You're trying to leave. But friends, transition is right before the birth. Transition is right before the birth. Some of you are in a time of transition. Some of us are going into a time of transition right now. And there is fear and uncertainty and pain. But it's right before the birth. And God says, I'm asking you to wait. I'm asking you to, it's okay for you to be where you are, full of your emotion and reaction and response, but I want you to look to me and the cry of your heart. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. God, we will wait for you. We will wait for you. And then the prophetic word of the Lord came. And as they were there, it said, you will march down tomorrow, but you won't have to fight. The battle is the Lord's. So take up your positions, stand firm and see the deliverance of your God. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, go face your enemy, and the Lord will be with you. You see, that's who our God is. Yes, you're not going to be able to stay home in your pajamas. You're going to get up, put your battle gear on, and you're going to go, but you're not going to have to fight. Your God is going to fight for you. That doesn't happen every single time. Sometimes you got to fight. You are part of the fight, but in this case... He said, you stand and see the deliverance, folks. This is going to be awesome on your behalf. And so they waited, and they prayed, and they listened. And they did what God said. You see, the third thing, they worshiped. When they got the word of the Lord saying, we're not going to have to fight, we're going to show up, the King Jehoshaphat's automatic response was he bowed before the Lord in worship. And you follow the, key, the cue of the king, and when the king worships, you worship. And all the people bowed before the Lord, and they worshiped their God. And it says here that Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down and worshiped before the Lord. And then some Levites from the Kohathites and the Korahites stood up and praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. Our God is worthy to be praised, and we're not just going to whisper our little prayers. We're going to sing them out and declare who he is and what he's like. A number of years ago, I felt like I had plateaued in my spiritual journey. I'm like, Lord, what is up with this? I feel like you know, and it, it wasn't even like a dark night of the soul, but every, all of a sudden, nothing was working, and I just, I just felt blah, just blah. And so I, I went to be with the Lord, and I said, no, I go, Lord, what's, what's going on with this? And he immediately responded, and he said, you have stopped your personal times of worship, 
You stopped going out with outdoors, which feeds your soul, and you stopped exercising, which you enjoy as well. I was like, wow, nothing like being specific. <laughs> Thank you. So I, I got up, and I went into my bedroom, and I put on my workout clothes. And out behind where we live on the college, there's the Appalachian Trail, and there's woods and trails that I've gone through for many, many years. And I start walking. And I start singing, and I said, Lord, I look to you. I won't be overwhelmed. Give me wisdom to see things like you do. God, I look to you. You're where my help comes from. Give me wisdom. You know just what to do, yeah. I will love you, Lord, my strength. And I will love you, Lord, my King. I will love you, Lord, my rock. Forever, all my days, I will love you, God. And everything shifted. You see, what had been crowding in, what I had given up, what I had, whatever was going on, everything shifted. And what the enemy was trying to tap me on the shoulder with my anger, with my bitterness, with my resentment, with my shame, with circumstances, with everything, in that moment when I looked to the Lord and I declared who he is and that he is worthy of my praise, something shifted in me and I said, oh no, the enemy cannot take away my love for the Lord and he cannot take away who my God is and I will praise him. All my days, and no matter what he throws at me, I will not give up because he is worthy of my full attention and he is worthy of my praise. Friends, some of you need to stand up today and get your praise on. You see, there are times when my kids were in college. And the Lord brought songs to my mind, and I knew in my spirit something's up with them, and they're not okay. But the Lord wouldn't give me permission to call them and find out. He said, nope, this is about their faith journey. I want you to worship over them and pray. So I go to my songs, fight my battles, break every chain. I will not be shaken. Do it again, Lord. And there were times that Ron and I both, that song, Break Every Chain, we couldn't sing it. So we cranked it and had it play over us. We turned it on in the car before we would go to sleep at night, and we just played Break Every Chain, Break Every Chain in each one of our children, and we prayed specifically for only what we knew and what we gave us for for him to break through in their life. And I believe as we did that, he was breaking things off in Virginia. He was breaking things off in Philadelphia. He was breaking things off in Florida where they were located. 
You see, the text tells us here that as they were singing, as they were worshiping, as they were singing and worshiping, that is when the Lord set ambushes. They were singing here, but the Lord was setting ambushes there. You see, don't think your praise doesn't matter. Don't think your worship doesn't matter. Don't think it's just about you and your, you know, on your little run, you know, with your earbuds in. No, God is doing something and he is stirring in your heart. You can worship for your marriage. You can worship for your children. You can worship for the health of your friend. You can worship for things. And God is, you are worshiping here, but God is breaking through there. Because when we abide together and we battle together, God breaks through. So it is my prayer for Risen King. It is my prayer for Risen King that when we go back into worship, we are worshiping here, but God is showing up at Old Phillips Hill Road at Mike and Lisa Plunkett's house. The healing, loving presence of God is coming to bring healing to Lisa and encouragement to them and breakthrough for our pastors. Because that is who our God is, and that is what he's like. He is a God of the breakthrough. He is a God who is worthy of our praise. Don't think that your praise doesn't matter. And the Levites stood up, and in a loud voice, they were singing. Well, it's not enough that we just do it on our own. We must always move to obedience. We fight our battles through obedience to the Lord Jesus. And so the next day, they still had to show up. Nope, we don't have to fight this battle. The battle is the Lord's. But we're going to show up because we have to walk it out. We have to stand in faith and do our part, even though we already know our, our part kind of doesn't even matter. But the Lord is saying, oh, but I want you to be a part of it. Don't diminish what the Lord says your part is even if it's just take, on, take his hand and walk on through. And so as they began, as they showed up, King Jehoshaphat said, you Levites, in formation, I want you to be at the front of the army. And I want you to sing, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. That's our song today. Levites, you're in the front. Everyone else get in line. And we're heading out to the pass. And so as they went, see, they didn't know that God had already set up the ambush over there. So they're probably a little nervous, going, dang, how's he going to do this? He said, we're not going to have to fight. Are we going to stand there and like dodge (laughs) arrows or something? But as they went in faith and got their focus back on the Lord, when they got to the valley, it says, and they overlooked, the entire enemy was wiped out. It says no one escaped. No one escaped. Because when God says he's going to do something, folks, he's thorough. And he starts and he finishes what he starts in your life. And so they came and they looked and everybody was wiped out. And it says it took them three days to gather up the plunder. 
because there was clothing there, there was equipment there, there was valuables there, it says. I'm not sure why they took their valuables into battle, but they were there. And so they gathered them up three whole days. Day four, they go back to that valley and they have another worship service. And they're praising their God and they're remembering who their God is and they're so thrilled that they didn't have to do anything to be a part of it and they just got to celebrate in the victory. But King Jehoshaphat didn't leave it there. He took them from the valley called Baraka, which means praise, and they went into Jerusalem to the temple and they kept their worship service going. And it says they worshiped there with trumpets and harps and lyres and lutes and, and had another whole worship service there. And it says, that the, it says in the passage that the enemy, their enemies and the surrounding countries were scared to death of who they were because of who their God was. And it says the land had rest and they had peace in their lives. Friends, I don't know what it is you're struggling with today. I don't know what you came in with. I don't know where you are. But I do know that our God is worthy of our praise. And I know that as when we come together and we abide together and then we battle together, he breaks through on our behalf. So I'm going to ask the worship team to come back. They're going to lead us back in, and we're going to just spend some time worshiping. And if you, whatever it is you need prayer for, whatever you need to worship for today. You know, because again, there are times when even I have come into church very exhausted or very down, and I have let this team sing over me until I could enter in. You know, there's something powerful. I like to stand by people who can sing well, and I'm like, Lord, yes, what Kara is singing right now? Yes, Lord, what Fran is singing? Yes, what Gabe, you know? And let them worship over you. Friends, when you go home, when you're in your car, when you're at work, let the praise of the Lord well up within you to remember who your God is, to remember what it is he's about. Because when we wait and pray and worship and obey, the enemy cannot touch us. He cannot touch us. And our God is a breakthrough kind of God. Will you stand while I pray for you and then we're going to go back into worship. Father, in Jesus' name, I break off every bit of despair, depression, anxiety, fear, self-doubt, intimidation in the room right now that anyone walked in here with. Stress be gone in Jesus' name. Confusion be gone in Jesus' name. Disappointment, discouragement, we don't know what to do but our eyes are on you. You are worthy, mighty God of our praise. You are worthy of our full attention. 
And we declare that we will be a people who trust you, who follow you, who do everything you ask us to do. So today, in Romans 16, 19, it says, And may the God of peace soon crush Satan under your feet. Lord, today, as we worship, let the enemy be crushed underneath our feet. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. Have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I. 